Hey everyone, thanks for checking in to I Want to Be A here on LJN Radio. Now at this podcast, each episode we check in with a different professional to give you an idea of what it might take to thrive in a particular industry or field. Now this is part two of I Want to Be a Market Research Analyst, and our expert guest is Dan Coates, the president of Youth Pulse, as well as a board member for the Council of American Survey Research Organizations. Here in the second part, Dan talks a little bit about the educational side of things and how it's actually quite wide open to get into this field, as well as some of the tips and advice for applying to a job. So we've obviously gone through uh, some of the ideas of what it might entail if you're working this profession and what a typical day might look like. So I wanted to sort of backtrack it for the listeners now and talk about the educational side and what it might take to to get into a position like this. When you're looking at schooling, uh, I guess, is there are, is there a typical path? Are there schools that maybe you would suggest versus other ones? How, what would you break it down if, if listeners wanted to know, okay, where should I go? What, ed- what, am I, what education am I getting if I want to get into this field? I will say this. The market research industry definitely has historically recruited from very diverse backgrounds. Okay. I'll give you a great example. You know, I started my academic career in English literature, which is really helpful because when you're writing reports, when you're communicating, when you're helping people understand, you know, the ability to write and write well, the ability to communicate through written word is absolutely critical. There are plenty of people within the market research industry that started in the liberal sciences, English literature, creative writing. They're really helpful when it comes time to communicate. I then t- had a second program that I went through that was called Management System Science, very quantitative, economics, business administration, statistics, mathematics, and computer science. And that's what really geared me up for you know, becoming a market research analyst. In fact, having those skills meant, you know, I didn't immediately go into sort of the account side or the planning side, but I went into the analyst side because I had that capability to sort of look at the numbers and and the background and training in that. And so definitely any of those categories, economics, business administration, computer science, mathematics, statistics, all of those backgrounds will set you up well for a market research analyst role. Other ones that are a little bit less obvious, but sociology and psychology Hmm. are both areas that, again, you're looking at the understanding of people, and you can very much have a quantitative sort of psychology background. As you're in your psychology program, you can make decisions to be more quantitative or more qualitative, but still, a psychology background where you're doing a little bit of the numerical analysis and understanding what's going on behind things, sociology as well, those prepare you... um, you know, for that ability to cut and slice and dice the data. When it comes to getting into the field, and obviously when the idea is getting the, a job out of college, are you looking at any certain other items that are needed, any licenses or certification? Is that all part of the education process? Uh, or is there anything else that maybe listeners should know as they're trying to move forward and, and possibly get in this field? I would say that, um, well, there's two things. One, in the past, I'd say decade, a lot of programs that have, have emerged. One of the ones that you can uh, look up online is the Masters of Market Research Program. Okay. And there's about a dozen colleges that have developed this very specific background. And, and that's really helpful because, and we hire people out of the MMR programs at different schools because they've sort of been trained, trained not only in the core skills, but also in our industry mm-hmm. and, and how that works. So I would say recently there's very specific stuff you can look and see whether the school that you're thinking of attending has a master's of market research program. Usually you'll take something else first, sociology, psychology, 
uh, maybe a, uh, more of an economics or statistics background. But then the MMR program will put this capstone on it of, okay, now let's prepare you for this industry. But I do want to say, Tim, there's lots of people within our industry that have kind of on a do-it-yourself basis mm-hmm. put together the training. There are a number of organizations that train people in market research skills. Uh, there's one out of uh, uh, Baltimore called Riva, the Riva Institute, and it largely trains people in how to be qualitative researchers. And then there's an organization in Cincinnati called the Burke Institute. They have classes uh, all over America, and they train you in more of the quantitative skills. But I've actually sat down and interviewed and um, seriously considered hiring people who had no formal education at a university level, but had managed to put together certificates in this skill and capabilities in that skill. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, these academic programs at a university level teach you the core skills of how to be numerically minded, detail-oriented, you know, the underlying statistics of things. And then the industry sort of helps to prepare you for the actual day-to-day work, how to conduct a focus group, how to design a survey, how to interpret results, how to create a compelling report. And so at some level, people can come into just straight into the industry by taking some of those certificate programs in those core skills, if they're by their nature detail-oriented, and able to understand quantitative uh, statistics, then all they need is a little bit of help in understanding how to make it happen within the industry. Sure. No, it's cool to hear that, that, you know, just the different paths that can be taken there. And, and as you said, giving people opportunity, even um, if they don't have that formal background. So let's jump to that side of things. If we're looking at the process of applying for jobs and, and wanting to put yourself out there, I guess, what would you suggest they need to know, especially if we're talking things about the interview and uh, maybe what the process is with that. I mean, I don't know if you guys are assessing, you know, analytical skills or if you're giving them a, a quick little mini project that they have to take care of. I guess what's sort of that all, the whole ball of wax when someone is applying for a position in the in this field? So generally speaking, you know, I would recommend that anybody that's applying for a position, you know, don't take a spray and pray approach. You know, we have at this point in time, probably three uh, job openings at our own organization. They're all posted on our website. And with each and every one of those job postings, there's really specific things that we're asking for. Pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't tell you how many times I'll get a resume where I'm pretty sure they didn't read the job description (laughs) and they're really not sort of lining up. Here's who I am and here's how that relates to what you're asking for. So if you've got to make me do the work, I'm not even going to bother. I'm going to look for somebody who takes that, again, detail-oriented, you know, meticulous approach of, okay, here's what they're asking for, and here's how I'm going to describe myself in a way that matches and aligns with all the things that they're asking for. From there, if you do that, chances are that we'll reach out to you and we'll say, okay, that's great. Let's have a conversation. And in that conversation, what we usually try to do is figure out how you think, how you approach a problem, what steps you take to solve a problem. And during the course of that, we'll get a sense as to whether you're a little bit sloppy or whether you've got this sort of you know, meticulous, detail-oriented, here's one way to do it, here's another way to do it, I think this way might be best because if what you're asking for is this, I think it would be better served if I took this approach. Again, that sort of, there's a process and you're going to sort of get down to the bottom of things. And then from there, we'll have little tests, you know, we'll give you some data and we'll tell you, you know, can you figure out what's going on here? And if you can figure out what's going on there, that's great. And if you can't figure out what's going on there, then Chances are that on the first project and the second project, if you'll struggle to sort of see, again, the the patterns that are occurring, 
then you won't be that successful and you'll struggle and it won't be good for you and it won't be good for us. And those are the little things that we love for our listeners to, to be able to hear, to understand this is what you can expect and to be prepared for it. And, uh, you know, your advice off the top too, just doing the research on that, whether it be the organization or the job posting itself, uh, just how big that is. We talk about it all the time on all our shows. So it's always nice to hear uh, someone who's experienced in that field reiterate something like that. Obviously, another question that comes up with any of our jobs is the idea of, of compensation, salary, that sort of thing. And I know as we tell all of our guests, I know it can be very general and it's going to depend on on various factors, but do you have a ballpark that you could give our listeners, just give them an idea uh, what what they could expect if they did get into uh, market research analysts? Well, it, it may surprise you to hear this, Tim, but the market research industry loves to benchmark things. Um, and so <laughs> our industry has a number of studies that we conduct that benchmark what the starting salaries are of various positions within the industry at various levels, and in various cities. Mm -hmm. So there's an organization called Quirks, Q-U-I-R-K-S. If you go to quirks.com, you can download the salary survey and see entry-level positions in your area of the country, what the starting salary is. I will say this, if somebody's coming to us from a Master's of Marketing Research program and they have no experience aside from academic experience, we'd be talking about the Mm -hmm. mid-40s here in New York City. Uh, but then it accelerates really rapidly. So somebody that we hired out of an MMR program, say a year and a half ago, is already seeing a five at the start of their salary level. And for a market research analyst, towards the end of my five-year tenure, when I was doing a lot of multivariate techniques, you know, I was I was just a little bit underneath the six-figure mark. And so, you know, it's definitely a, a really rewarding career to be making ninety-five thousand dollars a year to be able to take and look at data and help major companies, Fortune 500 companies, make billion-dollar decisions, you know, that's a, that's a blessing. And, and in fact, you know, I'm really grateful for the chance that I've had in this industry, and which is why I'm a board member of the Council of American Survey Research Organizations. This is the, the industry association that makes sure that this industry is protected and moves forward, and have, has rules and guidelines, and, and will always exist. And so the time that I spend in that association is based on just my appreciation of how lucky I was to, um, to one summer lie to a company and say that I wanted a job <laughs> on a permanent basis when I was planning on going to law school. Hey, everything works out for a reason, I guess. And uh, it paid off well for you, obviously. Uh, we're getting a little low on time. But I did want to touch on this aspect of it. We've talked about it a couple of times. I mentioned it off the front uh, of the show as well. Just that there is expected to be a lot of growth in this industry as a whole, in this profession. As uh, we talked about some of the numbers, they're looking at, uh, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, 41% growth from 2010 to 2020. And uh, the average of all of their jobs of growth is about 14%. So that's a huge number. Yeah. Since you obviously have the experience, you've been in this field, you, uh, I'm sure you have your finger on the pulse of everything regarding this area. Can you point to anything? Can you explain exactly why there would be such growth? I mean, not, not just a little bit, but just the expectation is, is phenomenal with how, how much they're expecting. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you why. The, the thing that's growing even faster than that is the amount of data in our lives. Sure. Now, I gave you an example of survey research data where you're asking questions over the phone, but you can be a market research analyst looking at web server logs and you know the growth of the internet, the growth of mobile platforms means that there's data left behind with every transaction and organizations want to understand that data, financial data, transactional data, behavioral data, and survey data. 
So the rise of the market research analyst is linked directly to the rise of data in our lives. And organizations, you know, that are that that have the have the access to this data that helps them to determine what the best path forward for their business need that analyst to sort of take the data, cut it up, slice it up, understand it, make recommendations based on what it's telling them in order for them to drive their business. And listen, Tim, that, that's nothing. 14% moving forward, it's only going to increase. Everything we do in this digital age is tracked and traced, and not in a bad way, in, a, in an anonymous you know, right. uh, aggregate basis, w- we get the chance to see what's the most popular app on the Apple store, what's the most popular website on the internet. And so understanding the core sort of drivers, sure, it's popular, but why? Who's going to it? Why are they going to it? What are they doing when they get there? Where do they go after they go there? All of these things are both behavioral and attitudinal indicators of what's on people's minds. And it's really important to understand what's on people's minds. One of my mentors in this industry, Norman Nye, the founder of SPSS, said, always seek to understand what people think because what they think precedes what they do. And, if, and the core job of a market research analyst is to understand what's on the minds of people as they're living their lives. Well, Dan, I appreciate it. I think that's a great uh, takeaway from this whole conversation. And uh, obviously, it's been, it's been great having you on here. You obviously know your stuff and the experience you bring uh, definitely will help our, help our listeners here. So hopefully those that have been paying attention, I mean, the field of market research analysis, definitely an area that they should check into for a number of reasons, as we've discussed throughout this conversation. Um, doesn't hurt that the expectation is there'll be plenty of jobs out there and, and people looking to hire individuals like that. Of course, our expert guest today has been Dan Coates. He's the president of Y Pulse. Dan, again, thanks a lot for speaking with us. Uh, give our listeners some great info. And we appreciate that today. I, I appreciate it as well, Tim. I think what you're doing is great, helping kids understand how to be successful in this world. I appreciate that as well. That will wrap things up here on I Want to Be A, which is a part of LJN Radio. If you do have any comments or questions regarding any of our podcasts, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.